Jesus Christ. Jesus, you have bid us shine for all around. Sin and want and sorrow abound. We must shine where you have placed us. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And amen. Everybody, God bless you and good morning. We are privileged to welcome into the second half of the year. It's a privilege. It's a gift. None of us has merited it. It's of God's loving kindness and steadfast mercy that is new every morning. The day you breathe in and you want to breathe out and it ceases. Then is a time of rest. But the Lord has privileged you and I to come into this second half of the year. It means the work in our lives yet remains to be done. It means there is still a project in our lives and through us that is yet to be accomplished. That's the purpose why God gives us every day, every week, day upon day, hour upon hour to fulfill destiny. You and I will so do. In this second half of the year and beyond as Jesus tarries, in the name of Jesus Christ. And what is his bidding this time? He bids us shine. Clear, brightly, and loud. We started this year with a theme giving us, You are the light of the world. Taken from the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, we'll read through 16. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it on the bushel, but in a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house, in the vicinity, in that office, within that area where you are found. It gives light to all of them. 16. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your life so shine not before the church. Light does not need to shine before fellow lights. Unless that light is brighter. It's not the light to shine among brethren. No. Let your life so shine before man. 
so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amplified version of verse 16 says, Clearly, let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, in this passage, we have two clear declarations. The first declaration, who you are. The second declaration, why you are. The first declaration, who you are. You are the light. The second declaration, why you are existing, let your light so shine. The first declaration, your identity. Anywhere you are, school, strike, vacation, at the marketplace, on the highway, in the village, who you are, your identity. What comes as you know your name is Argenta, God. What comes as you know your name is Ngozi, Nebo. That's who you are in the physical. And who you are in the spiritual that overshadows the physical is you are the light, the consciousness. Why are you existing? What are you as an identity? To let your light where you are at any point in time so shine before men. Let them see your moral excellence, your good deeds, your praiseworthy, noble, and worthy lifestyle, and the deeds that come from there. Look at our chapel goal from this vision and theme. Everybody, can we read it together? A committed body of believers and church anchored and deepened in the world resultantly and progressively or incrementally growing numerically and in Christ-likeness, discipleship and service shining forth as the light with our giftedness. Again, everybody, a committed body of believers, our church, anchored and deepened in the world, resultantly and progressively, incrementally, growing numerically, and in Christ-likeness, discipleship, service. Then there's a hyphen, shining forth in the world with our giftedness, with our gifts. That's the encapsulation. So let your light so shine before men. Let your light not flicker. Let your light not shine dimly. Let it so shine. Not just shine, but do what? So shine. That's SSNS 113. It says, 
Jesus bids us let our light shine loud, clear. In the first half of the year, by his grace, we try to understand what Jesus meant by saying we are the light of the world. Not a physical light, and I'm sure many students of physics here know that light is an energy, a force. But the same parallelism, we're talking of a spiritual light, a spiritual force, a spiritual being, this time personified. And so it's not a physical light. Ephesians 5.8 reminded us that you were sometimes darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. There is a demarcation between a dark period of our life and a light period. Anybody who entrusts his life or her life to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior translates from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of the marvelous light in Christ Jesus. First Peter 2.9 You are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Why are you what you are? That you may show forth the praises of him who has called you out from darkness into his marvelous light. So you are light now as a person. What makes you light? You become the light when you encounter the true light, Jesus Christ, and are born again. Then you become a reflector of the light that has come from Jesus across you. You become a director or a direction pointer. Anywhere you are, according to this current terminology of social media, but is also spiritually back. You become an influencer. There are people whose vocation now is an influencer. Is that not so? Influencer, blogger, vlogger. Wherever you are, once Jesus has encountered you, you are an influencer. Don't mind your age, your complexion, your status, and where it is. Automatically, you become what? An influencer. Bear that in mind. You influence. Not by virtue of your size or age or who you are or your level of learning, but because of who you have encountered. Who? The lights. And you have become light. And you have no choice but to do what? Shine. So you are influencer. You shine. You being forth. You are a witness. You are distinct. You become a reference point. Those are your attributes. 
That's why you are. From when you got born again to the reason why you are still alive. So anywhere you are at each point in time, we used to share, particularly among the clergy, sometimes they say this is a hard posting when they are posted to a hard rocky area. And occasionally you will hear the Archbishop say, I will post you to Mburumbu. When you hear that type of thing, it may typify a period where you can go and do some hard labor, as it were. But they have that connotation that wherever you are posted, if it doesn't seem to be in quotes like the politician will talk about juicy posts, there's some suffering there. But if you're a Christian and you are the light, anywhere you are posted, there is what? A purpose. When you achieve that purpose, for a year you may be, for two, for three, for four years you may be, at the expiration of achieving the purpose there, God takes you to another place. If you understand it that way, then you will focus on being the light. The same thing with all of us too. Depending on where you are walking, just understand that God is my bigger light. Jesus, in whom is life, and the life is the light of all men, has encountered me. Wherever I am in, there is a purpose, and the purpose is to shine, influence, be a reference point. And by virtue of your moral rectitude, by virtue of your uprightness, by virtue of your diligence, and by virtue of your deeds, the scripture says in Amplified, noble and good deeds, automatically it becomes a reference point. And it's not hard to find. They will go and ask you things. They will come and receive instruction from you. Unofficially though. In fellowships and in groups. You may not have a title. You may not be the prayer secretary. You may not be the group leader. You may not be the Bible study secretary. But the force of your life commands attention. It becomes like the children of Isaac who knew why they were there at that point in history. They understood the purpose. They understood that they were light. And the rest of the brethren they had under their command. That's what we tried to do in the first half of the year. And we said if we are the light, we have to respond in three different ways. One, it will affect our attitudes, it will affect our actions, it will affect our associations. These three guide all you do every day. Our attitude, the actions we undertake, and who and where we associate with, it will affect it. What are the responses specifically? We will reflect the lights. Everybody say reflect the lights. We will reveal the lights. Publish the lights. Everybody say reveal the lights. And thirdly, we will radiate the lights and remain the lights. That's our response. That's what he asked us to do. Not to be secret disciples. Not to be those whose light can only shine where they are, never beyond, dimmed 
and of no use to any other person except I, myself, and me. That's all. That's not the identity Jesus came to bring. And so, the emphasis in this second half of the year, Jesus has told us, this is your identity. This is who you are. This is your real identity. Understand it. Consciously live in it. Consciously live with it. Consciously follow around. We told ourselves in the course of the first half that the definition of holiness in practical sense is who you are when God's eyes are on you. Who you are when God's eyes are on you. And how many times a day is God, are God's eyes on you? Perpetually. So you become the same. You cannot chameleonite change in the day or change in the night. You are not one brother or sister in church and you are going outside. It's impossible because God's touch light eyes are on you day and night. So the measure of the nature of God in you, God's quotient in you, that's holiness. And then you leave it out. Integrity of life, righteousness, you shine it out. It's the measure of the nature of God in you that you shine. And you reflect that. By the same token, you realize you are the light. A light has no hiding place. That's why I said a city that is set on a hill has no choice but to do what? Give light. So just look at yourself as the first half of the year has rolled over. And ask yourself, have you become the light truly to shine? Are you the light of the world in practical terms? How much have you and I done in mileage in influencing our family, our extended family, our village, our society, our office, our business place, our professional calling and associates, our school, and even amongst those who are the household of faith? How far have you reflected that? Let your light so shine before men. That's the reason why we are. That's the summary of Jesus making his light to be on us. Any day, any time, any single week, you're not shining. You're not reflecting Christ's likeness. You're not reflecting his nature. You are not respecting a disciple's life like that of Jesus Christ. And your life is not serving. Even the Son of Man came not to, serve, to be served, but to serve. He said, let your good works, let your light so shine. A moral excellence, praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds. Because by their fruits, you can identify them. You know that they light. You say, no wonder. The light influences. How far have we done that? And so the emphasis on this second half of the year is, 
let your light so shine. Because you've already known who you are. There's no apology on it. In actual fact, if you live apologetically, the devil will get you very well. He will not only handcuff you, he will cripple you. You will just lose your boldness and confidence. So, and the devil knows when you know who you are. The world also knows. And after a while, those in the office will say, no, would they not discuss this thing where Eric is? And then, if Chuku the enters, they will change the topic. And when they begin to talk, they say, Jeku is here. Jeku is here. You haven't said anything, but you're already influencing the environment. And when they want to take some of those decisions and they finish, they will turn to you and say, You, what do you also say? As a light, let it so shine loud and clear. You have no apology. The King of Kings, the Lord of Life, has given you that badge of identity. That's your brand mark, so to say. And so, he's asking you, let your light so shine. With the basic understanding that on your own, you have no light, neither to generate, or to do what? Even reflect. If there's anybody here who is still saying, look, I have a BA. I have an MP. I have a BCA. I have a PhD, I have a THD, I have a pull him down, I have, and you reckon them. It's not by virtue of achievement, acquisition, it's not by learning. If there still be any who is crossing the second half of the year, whether here or listening, and you haven't encountered the light of Jesus, you are still in darkness. You may be academically brilliant. You may be intelligent in the worldly way. But you are in darkness. You are in gross darkness. And gross darkness, he says, covers the world. The rest of the world. You can't make a difference. You can only make a limited difference. It will not endure. And so, what is the call? Still this morning is only at salvation you begin to be the light. Now you are in Christ. You become the light. John 8:12, which we read severally, told us that I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, Whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but you will have the fullness of light. Praise the Lord. The fullness of it. Not in glimpses. You will receive all you need to live godly and righteously and to declare and reveal who you have believed and your identity and influence lives all around you. 
John 1 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness of the hearts. And every darkness that encounters the light gives way. The darkness cannot overpower it. And then in verse 9 of John 1, he now says, This same light is the one that has come now for us to be a witness about. So at salvation, there's a translation. If you have not yet gotten the witness of the Spirit that you are a child of God, you have not been translated. You have not yet come into light. Come into the light this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you can shine. So to shine, the root basis is to be in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he can now shine. The property to shine. Property of a living thing. In secondary school, we mentioned five to seven of them. Property of a spiritual being to shine is that you are in Christ. And that you are in Christ. That's why Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. We can't overemphasize this matter so that you make no mistake and you're not left behind. But you must shine. So you come in contact with Jesus and you become a radiant, differently clear Christian living for him in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine. That declaration of why you are, why you existing. Not all lights can shine. And not all lights can so shine. It's a qualification. If you like, say it's an adjective or verb. Adverb. Let your light so shine. That's a qualification there. Let it so shine. The light that so shines can reflect, can impact, can affect, can influence. And they can only do so, not only when you come in contact with Jesus at the beginning, for as long as you remain in contact with Jesus. So when you have the first contact with him, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will do what? Give you rest. Salvation. Light comes. You remain shining and so shining when you now learn of me. Learn of me. Remain in contact. Increasingly in contact with me progressively in contact with me, you have not been made a member of the family of heaven, firstborn, family of the firstborn. You have now been adopted. You are now son of the child of heaven. And so remain in contact. And for as long as you remain in contact, you will continually receive unending light for you to continually so shine. 
but receive my light at salvation and begin to go your way and keep a distance, your light will not shine, will dimly shine, will flickerly shine. That's what Jesus is saying. So it requires conscious effort. Philippians 2.15 We're going to do readings. Those on this part. Philippians 2.15 Those in the row in front of me. Acts 3.13-15 Somebody will read. And those on my left. Acts 4.13 And then those on the extreme. John 6. 66 to 68. Philippians 2.15, are you there? Yes, sir. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as light in the world. So, in the midst of gross darkness, distortion, corruption, impunity, in the midst of nudeness, in the midst of polarization, in the midst of spiritual and physical and moral crookedness and perverseness. Perverseness means doing things that are not allowed. Doing things that are not seemly. Doing things that are out of tune with good sense of morality. In that midst, not outside it, not removed, in the world, you would do what? Blameless and harmless, shining forth as what? As a light. Mark 3, 13 to 15. And Jesus called unto him the twelve. And when he called them, he asked them to be with him. That he may send them forth to preach. And that they may cast out devils and heal diseases. What was the primary aim of Jesus calling them? That they may be with him. That they may be with him. That they learn of him. You become more like the person whom you stay most with. True or false? Many times you read the newspapers and some successful achievers, one way or the other, they will usually ask them a question. Who was the great influence in your life? Majority will say my mother. My mother. He taught me this, this, that. Our father was hardly at home. He was getting the money. Very rarely you find people who say who? My dad. But most ones they will say who? My mother. She's always there. And most times you carry the virtue of the person whom you have stayed closely with. That's why the world says, show me your friend and I'll tell you who you are. Tell me who is the closest person to you and is good and is good to go to say this is the nature of person you are. He called them to stay with him. And for the three years of his ministry, they stayed for about two years and a half. It was only the last six months or so when they had stayed enough that he sent them forth two by two, Luke 9, Luke 10, Matthew 10, to do what? To preach. And he gave them a commission. Heal the sick. 
preach the gospel of God is come, of kingdom of God is come. To stay with him. To learn of him. To learn of him. And the more he reflects on you, the more like him you become. Effortlessly. Imagine we tell the students from M1 introductory classes that medicine is both a science and an art. Science from didactic lectures. We teach you this, we teach you physiology of this, we teach you anatomy of this. You read, you write, you pass exams. Art. Nobody teaches that in a curriculum. You learn by apprenticeship. You learn by association. You learn by going to the ward. You learn by coming to the clinic. So when you see a student who is all book and book and book, it's easy to identify him, particularly in the exam. He will answer theory, 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 theory. And once there is a practical application, he's there. And that's the clinical aspect. Even if he has more than half the total mark to pass. Let's assume the total score of all the components of the exam is 500. And then he has a total score of 270. And he failed clinical, he will fail. What would be written there for him would be FC, failed clinical. So the acts, the association, the practice of staying day by day, so you learn how to interact with the patient, how to approach him, how to do this or that, how to elicit your signs, it's lacking. He will come back until he outwits himself to be able to do that. He called them to be with him. Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42, a certain woman named Martha, and Jesus came to her house. As at that point in time, Mary, her sister, was like an appendage. And she had a sister called Mary. And as Jesus taught, Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. That's verse 39. Mary sat at his feet and did what? And drank his word. Heard his word. Learned his word. It resonated. Martha was doing service. Good works. That's why I say good works. Philanthropy. Without Jesus, you are still in darkness. It won't amount to much. They go together. But to get that account shorter, when you go to Gospel according to St. John, verse 45, chapter 11, verse 45, those who had come to Jesus when Mary left to go to meet him told Mary, we have believed because we have seen him. When he came to shining, when he came to influencing lives, if you read the account of John 11, Martha quoted the scriptures. The same scriptures Martha quoted were the same scriptures that Mary also quoted. When Jesus, Martha finished quoting the scriptures, Jesus, the Bible said, was still at the same spot when Martha met him. 
And without permission, without being called, she left again. That's the one I call itching buttocks and itching legs and perhaps itching ears. The moment they see Jesus has come, he didn't call anyone. Matter quickly, quickly. Itching legs, itching ears. She finished quoting all of those passages. Even when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, even though he were dead, yet will he rise again? He said, yes, I believe, Lord, at the resurrection morning. She had no understanding because she had not taken time to sit at Jesus' feet to learn of him and to hear from him. She had little contact for the duration of the time Jesus spent in their house. What a great honor. She was in the other room. She missed his nuances. She missed his emphasis. She missed the way he would describe them. But here, Mary had imbibed them. And then she would usually in her other moment remember the voice of Jesus ringing. That's the way it comes. When it came to shining, no impact of matter. The same passages that Mary, that Martha quoted, were exactly the same that Mary quoted. But when she finished quoting, Jesus wept and asked them, come and show me where you have laid him. Martha did not move Jesus. Mary's words and presence moved Jesus. The moment Martha left, quick, quick, we are Christians now, we are all Christians now. That's where it ends. Nobody followed him. Not a single soul. She had not learned to influence anyone, not even those who came to mourn for the death of her brother Lazarus. Their neighbors, the community, and it's those people who will come to mourn. I'm sure they would have told themselves. No influence. Nobody, not even one. The moment Mary got up, she didn't have any notice. They followed her. Influence. Shining light. She didn't speak, but action, attitude, association already shining. And by the time the people who followed her got her Jesus, the summary is in verse 45 there. Those who had followed Mary now believed on him. Shining. What was the difference? Contact with Jesus. Remaining in contact with him. You cannot on your own. Mary channeled by birthrights. The scripture even mentioned her by name. First daughter. Head of the house. Mother figure. Sorry, that's Martha. Mary was now an appendage. But that's not anything with God. The first may sometimes be the last. And the last who remain in contact will usually be the first. So that's a clear example. Acts 4.13 When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were not 
they were unschooled. Ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. When they saw the boldness, the calmness, the unruffled nature, let me speak an English word that may not be common. The unpetrified calmness. To be petrified is to be in fear. You are sitting on your seat and you are not sitting. Your legs are shaking. Your heart is pounding. Sweat suddenly come on you. Because that is what it meant to be brought to the Sanhedrin. They will condemn you. Either with strokes of cane or sometimes with what they will call blasphemy. That you say that Jesus is the son of God. How do you know? That would be blasphemy. And in the other religion, don't be surprised you see what they do. It's one of their attributes. It's one of the things that if you do, you are going to Aljana. If you kill for blasphemy. Blasphemy is written out there. They have murder. They have blasphemy. They have embezzlement. That's corruption. They have thiefing. They have five of them that they count as sins that are not permitted. And anybody who commits them is either worthy of being stoned or cutting off one arm or one limb or death. So you can see the crude application from Sokoto to Lagos. I think another area as it were. So here is it. They saw their boldness and confidence. And they wondered. You see, which school have they been to? Who taught them? Have they been to Oxford? Cambridge? British College? Graceland? Which other ones? So who taught them? What made them so bold? Even the rabbis who come to Sanhedrin, they come trembling. Who has given these people boldness to speak back to us? And they took notes that they had been with Jesus. Their light was shining before the highest authority of the land. Their light was shining. It could be, couldn't be stopped. It didn't matter their level. Look at how they described them. These were uneducated men. These were unlettered men. These men ate were raw slates. Fagora bibwede, fagora tubwem in Igbo. Itiboribo, in quotes. Itiboribo in the sense that he did not go to school. But they were holders. Jesus HD holders. HD holders. They were experts. They had remained in contact with Jesus for a good two and a half years. And they identified by their fruits. And they changed the course of the counsel of the Sanhedrin. Praise the Lord. John 6, verses 66 to 68. Many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you going to leave too? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You alone have the words 
that give eternal life. Verse 60. These are hard sayings. Who can withstand it? And then, when they encounter those ones, they say, staying with Jesus, always being in contact with him. He's saying hard things now. These ones, who cannot do it. Who cannot apply it. It's impossible in this Nigeria. You can't leave it out now. This thing he's saying is theory. These are hard sayings. It's impossible. Let him just speak. You know the time will soon round up. And then another Sunday, another message. That's what they were saying. They didn't just say that. They acted it out. Many. He didn't say few. People who have been apparently following him over time. Many. They say these things. They are hard. Who can bear it? And they began to go one by one. And Jesus turned and said, Look, Peter and the rest, the disciples, are you also going away, reflecting nothing? Are you also going away, empty? Are you also going away, shining in no way? Are you also going away without anything? And Peter said, Master, we have been in contact we know that you alone have the words of eternal life. If we leave you, where are we going to find succor, pasture, comfort, strength, boldness for the times in which we live? And then verse 63, he said, the words I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. You can bank them. You can bank on them. So as you remain in contact with Jesus on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on an hour-to-hour basis, you'll be surprised. Why does First Thessalonians 5.18 says, pray without ceasing? Does it not mean we cannot even eat? Be in the mood in which God's love and mercy can reach you and you can communicate all the time. You can pray in tongues, you can pray in spirit, you can pray with all understanding. You can pray while driving. I do that most of the times as I travel to Tituku. So it makes you unaware of the things that are around. And sometimes when we are rigmaroling in the heavy traffic in Enugu, you occupy yourself. You are in contact. You are in tune. You are continual in church. And it reflects. The man Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 1, the moment he came into the king's presence, Nehemiah 1 9, he said, Why is your countenance frowning? Why are you displeased? Why are you in this mood? Because it would be a crime to be sad in the king's presence. He ought to manifest the best. So he, everybody who sees and comes as the king's visitor will say, Ah, and then attend they are well kept. They are always cheerful. So whether they want to do it or not, they will do plastic smile. They will do all cheers. They will just, yes sir, yes sir. Do you want more? Yes. But this time, not Nehemiah. And the king said, why is your countenance, sir? He said, I uttered a prayer to my God. The king said, what do you need? I prayed to God. He didn't need to say king. Give me time. Let me go to my closet and close the wind and pray facing the east, facing Jerusalem. He didn't say, King, allow me to just go and we. Let me go and uh, do 
to the restroom. Right there. That's a life in contact. I prayed. And for each of those prayers, the request was there as if the king was a zombie. Every of the requests honored. That's a light shining. A simple cup bearer, but his light had already influenced a king and affected his community. That's who you are. In contact with Jesus, let it so shine. In the name of Jesus Christ. There are three extents. Everybody say three extents. There are three extents. The grammar we speak sometimes, you may not find in dictionary. But they, they are good English. There are three extents that can determine how you so shine. Number one. We'll go again. Please be eager and quick this time. Can you start? John 12, 35, 36. John 12, 35 and 36. Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Praise so, walk with the light. Walk while you have the light. Walk in tandem with the light. What is the extent here? The extent to which you can so shine is the extent to which you walk with Christ. The extent to which you resolve to obey Christ. The extent to which you agree to what Christ said. Can two work together except they are in agreement? No. And if they are in agreement, whatever they agree, they will begin to do. That's why Proverbs 4.18 says that the part of the just is like what? The shining light. The more you obey, the more your light shines. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Typical example. At night when you are driving, no matter how strong the beam of your headlight is, it doesn't show you the end of the road. The further you drive, the more you see. The further you drive, the more you see, talk more at a bend. If you stay here and say, I can't see the end of the road. I don't know whether there's a God there. I don't know whether there's ungodly men there. I don't know what is lying there. Will you drive further? So in obedience, you keep driving step by step and you keep getting further. The more you obey, the more you get revelation the more you remain so shining. The less you do, also, the same thing applies. If there are things God has told you at the beginning of the year to begin to do, if there are things God has told you through various means, leave this one, and you haven't obeyed, you can't so shine. It's impossible. That's God's principle. The one you say, God, you said it, I'm doing it. Like Abraham, Abraham believed God. 
and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Genesis 15:6. In Genesis 17 and Genesis 22, particularly, the moment God said, Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, your only son whom you love very much, he qualified it. He particularized it so he won't make a mistake with Ishmael. He called him by name. Take him. Go and sacrifice him for me. The Bible said the next verse. Early in the morning. Can you see the nature of obedience? Can you see that lifestyle? No argument. No. Was it the voice of God I heard or the voice of devil? I don't know who is speaking to me. Particularly for many young people. Sometimes the voice of passion speaks to you. Especially when it pertains to possible life partner. But you can hear the voice of God loud and clear. How? When you remain close to him. You will now know how God speaks to you. And the best way of doing so is through the scripture. That's where we'll go to next. It's through the scripture. It will be loud and clear. And so whosoever follows him as the light of the world does not stumble. You don't stumble on issues of life. You walk sure-footed. You have a focus. You have a clear sight. Second point, the extent to which your light will so shine will depend on the extent to which you allow the word of God to extray you, to influence you, to change you. It will depend on how less or more you pour into the scriptures. P-O-R-E. When you are pouring, you are looking with your eyes wide open. Eyes of the physical and eyes of the spirit. The eyes of your inner man being enlightened. It will depend on the extent of them. Can we hear Ephesians 2, 5.26? Ephesians 5.26 Since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Ephesians 5.26 Another, please speak. Yes. 5.26 That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Jesus might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of the water of the word of God. The extent to which the word washes you is the extent to which you become cleaner and cleaner and purified. To the extent in which you allow the word to remain lying by you, the extent to which you are struggling to live a life that is shining. Psalm 119, 11, and 105. Thank you. Thank Your you. word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and is what? Light to my way. I can walk surely because I see the light. Lamp to my feet, immediate light on my way, taking decision and going on. And then verse 11 did say, Your word have I done what? 
He didn't say, have I placed? He didn't say, have I put? He didn't say, have I just dropped? There are various aspects of keeping. Is that not so? What was the adjective? Your word have I hid. I found it precious enough. I did what? I hid it because it's important. And Jeremiah will say, I found their word and chewed it, and it became my necessary food. A job. Your word have I hid in my heart. Why? The more you are full of the word, so that I will not sin against you. The less and less sinful, ungodly, unrighteous actions dwell. Two of them cannot coexist. Because the word is spirit and word is life. The more it keeps coming, as Ephesians 5.26 says, it keeps washing. Like the water that you used to wash a very dirty white shirt. You know some of our children, that's why many of the schools, nursery, kindergarten, primary, don't use white shirts or white blouses for uniform. Simply why? The children will keep making sure that every day you wash them. And nobody has the money for the homo that will wash every day now. So they will have different colors that can hide some dirt. Some even use check. But if it is white, and it comes in contact with mud, when you put it on a clean basin, at the initial, you cannot see the bottom of that basin. It's all muddy. It's all muddled up. The more you keep washing and rinsing, at the point, it's so clean that even with the cloth there, you can see the bottom of the basin. That's the washing of the water by the word of God. And then the same token, as the word keeps coming, sin keeps going. The thoughts keeps going. The motives keep changing. The loss keep going. Stuff the word. And then after a while, Colossians 3.16 will say, Let the word of God so richly dwell. For many of us, the word is patching. The word is a visitor. The word is knocking. Can I even enter? Can I even enter? He's coming to enter. You're saying, hey, Mbode, what are you doing? Yes, I'm here. The word is saying, can you give me room to even come in? Let the word of God, of Christ, so richly dwell. Another version says, so richly abide. When you are dwelling in a place, when they ask you what is your address, that's where you are dwelling, isn't it? If you are visiting, will you give the place you are visiting as an address? Many of us don't have address. Many don't have address. You can't shine that way. Spiritually, you don't have the address. The enemy comes like a roaring lion. There's no address to fix it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what does the Bible say? The Spirit of God will raise up what? A standard. What is the standard the Spirit raises? The Word of God. It's a word you have read and stuck in. It will just simply flash it. And that's why Jesus can say, it is written. When you're empty, then that's why you are fallen. No address to give. Let the word so richly be hid, precious. 
And that's why Israel will prepare his heart to study, to do, and to teach. And when there was a need to shine, Israel had sinned. The people had married strange wives. They had committed fornication, adultery, mixed multitudes. Ezra sat in his house. Ezra chapter 10. He didn't go out. He didn't go anywhere. He just cried and wept and fasted. The people who had sinned came to meet him there. He said, it's because of us. We know you. We know your influence. We know it is because of this, because of us, that you are weeping and fasting. Come, whatever you tell us, we will do. What type of revival is that? That's the world. In another occasion, the Bible says Ezra and the others read and gave the meaning of the words. And then the people began to weep. What convicted them? It wasn't just the word, it was the spirit behind the word in a man who had been in contact. Can we read the next passage? James 1, 22 to 25. Praise the Lord. James 1, 22 to 25. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. To 25. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and stretch away forgetteth what manner of man he was. 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Who shall be blessed in his deed? Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and does not forget who he is. Is it possible? Teen people, is it possible to look at yourself in the mirror and turn and forget who you are? Is it possible? But the Bible says that's what the man who reads the world and turns and leaves it there. And doesn't apply it. That's who he is. A forgetful hearer. Forgetful hearer. Forgetful reader. Forgetful listener. But whosoever will do what he has read, the same shall be blessed. He will shine. He will be an influence. May he be so with you in the name of Jesus Christ. And what does he do that brings out this? Space. Scripture, you now modified it a little. As you are reading every passage, we did Bible challenge. More than 50% have finished, isn't it? Others are still wondering, well, it's an assignment from the church. Since June 29 has passed, they don't pay me. They just did it because it's like an assignment. But if you did it rightly, as you are reading, You'll find space. Is there any sin mentioned in this place that I need to confess? That I need to take care of? That I need to confess? Is there any promise in this passage that I can claim? 
Is there anything in this passage that is worthy of using to adore God? Is there any command from this passage I'm reading to obey? Is there an example here to follow? And when you're about to pray, act. From that same passage, adoration. God, I thank you. I have found here that you are the owner of the heaven and earth. All things come from you. Adoration. See, confession. And that is the real order of prayer. If you go through our lost prayer, that's the order. Acts. Adoration. Our Father who is in heaven, hello be your name. Confession. I'm not worthy to come before your presence. Lord, accept me. Cleanse me. Thanksgiving for the ones you have seen him do. And his goodness and mercies that endure forever. And then supplication from that passage. Are there things from that passage that you can adore God for who he is? Confess because you have been caught in them and you believe him to wipe them away. Thank him and then supplicate. Pray for others, that's petitions, and pray for, pray for others, intercessions, and pray for yourself, petitions. They come under supplication. That's what you get from the world. That's how it enriches your life. That's how the world gets impacted into you. If you read and pray it in, it sticks. It remains. At the moment of trouble, it will pop out because it's well hidden. It's not being carelessly kept away that it can fall as it were. That's what we do. So the Bible challenge came rightly. That's why we also got to, please project again the goal for us, the goal for 2022 in line with this vision. Again, everybody, the committed body of believers or church anchored and deepened in the world. Let's stop there first. We have run across that one now. Is this one now that will resultantly anchored and been what? Deepened. Is he a man deepened in the world? He's more mature than a man who is six feet five. People from my house, I think some of them are six feet three or four. See a man, a young boy, a young girl, deepened in the world. He's older than his chronological age. He's wiser than gray-haired men. Why? Your word has made me wiser than my teachers. Psalm 119.99 gives you divine wisdom. It gives you faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the world. The more you hear, the more you hear, the more your faith muscle grows on things that people will speak in tongues for the one day and then do gymnastics for another two days. By faith, you already know what the world is saying about it. You pray according to the world. You get an answer. You get an answer. Jesus didn't make the Christian life a difficult one. Life partner, you get an answer. 
Job, you get an answer. They say there's no vacancy anywhere. By faith, you say, God, I've got a certificate. Lord, this certificate is not for sitting at home, for idleness. Create a vacancy for me. You that call the things that be not as though they were. Suddenly, a vacancy will be created just for you. I was to start my residency at Elori because I did my youth service there. For three years, I worked. I did my youth service, 88, 89. I didn't finish in the village. I've told you the story of that village. I drank. I practiced what we learned in school. How to get water from the creek. And because of all the sediments there, every cup of water there, I had to boil with kerosene stove. And then I had to also distill to be able to put alum to be able to drink the water. And that's where I have had the coldest cold ever in my life because the best place was on top of the hill where God taught me many things. That's where I prayed through to receive who would be my life partner. That's where I prayed through. I didn't have much contact with civilized world. The one I told the people that we use the water for injection in place of an hygiene. And the Baba came and said, that injection Olabara is strong. Give it to me on the other buttox too. And I gave him the same. And it was better. But you know in medicine, that placebo is allowed. So my conscience was clear. I learned many things there. Dwell in the world. And as you dwell right in day in, day out, the world enlarges your faith muscle. You even know things by perception. The world just makes them simple to you. And he who is in the world doesn't engage in idle talk. He has no time now. What is right inside of him can't allow him. When the world fills you, you want to open your mouth and say those nonsense and feel the things, it will stick here. When you do it more, the Spirit of God will warn you. You're offline. You're offline. And you will adjust. Unless you quench it. Praise the Lord. So that Bible challenge, it means a lot. Finish yours. And you're going to a more exciting one very soon. Amen? So see it in this line. A community of believers deepened, anchored and deepened in the world. The result. Go ahead then is that you will increase. And God has done it. Within the end of the month of June, we believe God for 1,100 registered membership for this year. We already are, as at last Sunday, 1,151. That's God surpassing our expectation. That's God enlarging our coast. Progressively, incrementally growing numerically and in what? Christ-likeness, discipleship, and service, and then you will shine forth. You will shine forth. You won't do things because others are doing. You will do them because they will make impact. You won't do things because you feel obliged to. You will do them because that's the purpose why you are there. And there will be a difference impacting the world. Through your good works and your area of giftedness. 
May the Lord fulfill same in us in the name of Jesus Christ. Because of time, we know the rest of the verses. We won't read them. John 5.39 says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you will have eternal life. They are the ones that testify of me. So you want to remain in contact with Jesus? Search the scriptures. He's no longer physically available now. Search the scriptures. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. For every word of God is by the inspiration of the spirit of God. Is given for what? For reproof, for rebuke, for correction, and for instruction in what? Righteousness. So that the man of God, the woman of God, may be equipped. For every good work. That's your too. That's your too. You have a conviction that nothing can shake. That's your too. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. That's what the Bible challenge has tried to do. But what you are doing, many of us now, is you shall read through it as quickly as possible, day and night, but it's still all the same goods. As you keep reading, and you read with an expectant heart like Ezra, it will arrest you. You may come to a verse and remain there, and begin to pray with it. When you reach that level, then it's walking. And one word you get from the scripture on any issue in life, can last you days and months. And any issue of life, no matter how difficult, you get the word of God speaking on it, you've got the answer. It's done. It's a matter of a manifestation. Praise the Lord. That's why it says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's sharper. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder between the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and it does what? It descends the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And sometimes the spirit of God will give you the word to see that will just meet the need. And people will say, who told him about me? That's the property of the word. The spirit behind the word. And as you encounter sin, you will shine in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, the extent to which you will so shine will depend on how much or how less you are deemed by sin. The extent to which your light will so shine will depend on the extent to which your life is deemed. D-I-M-M-E-D. Will it shine? It will show. So while the world rekindles it and makes you shine brighter and have confidence and faith, and you will say, A thousand may fall by my side, ten thousand by my right side, they will not come near me. You are going because the world has given you that. The Bible also says in Proverbs 28 1. The righteous is as bold as a liar. But the wicked, the sinner, the ungodly, 
The one who does little, little sins, little, little lies, little, little things, runs even when no one is pursuing him. The light is totally dimmed. He's running away where he should influence. So, those little things, Songs of Solomon 2.15, take us, take us away. The little forces, they spoil the vine. Look at the little things today. How do you identify them, particularly with young people? Your age is a fast and furious one. Racy, jet age, influenced. Virtually all of you have the phone, and you are tended by your age to be influenced, particularly by celebrities who live a false life. They have a standard of morality that is zero. In short, the louder they are and the noisier, the better. And somebody will always put a phone and say, see me, I'm the best. Somebody say congratulations to me. They don't even say somebody, say, say, I congratulate myself. And so those gray areas, the times that people or you will say it doesn't matter. Once there's any point, action, motive, that you hear it doesn't matter. Is a little thing. Is a little fox. It matters. When you will also hear the phrase, anyway, sha, and it's common with young people, let's also among elderly people. Once there's anyway, sha, there's a lowering of standards. There's an intention to do something that is not usually allowed. So once you hear that, it's a little fox. Is a little fox. And once you hear, or you attended to say, everybody is doing it. It's another little fox. Everybody is doing it. So you will come from your level of being the light to being at the level of everybody. Your name and identity has changed from light, it has been reduced by you consciously or unconsciously or by influence of others in darkness to say everybody is doing it. By the way, is your name everybody? That is the first answer. The second answer is like unto it. Spiritually, you are light. So, you can't be everybody. So the moment you have those parameters, it keeps you. Your light will shine. Even in a crooked and perverse crowd. Peers, everybody is doing it. You run away from those who live that way and follow company. That is Second Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 18 to 22. And follow company with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Second Timothy 2, 19, 22 also has sin. And then when you hear what is in it, is that a common language? What is in it? Something is in it. And because there's a question of what is in it, don't bother what is there. You have a clearer path to go. If those things don't dim you, you will so shine in Jesus' name. And you will so shine in the name of Jesus. And your life will be a witness to the glory and presence of the Lord in the name of Jesus. If there are those little things you are struggling with, 
If there are those gray areas that you say, I don't know. And sometimes you hardly discuss it with some other person. Why? If you look, they will say, ah, is it me that is considering this? My parents will be disappointed in me. My friends will be disappointed in me. It's better to share and remain the light than to be dimmed and yet go the other way. And it's difficult to bring you back. You are like a bushel that the enemy has shot his line to open up. But this morning, open up before the Lord. And it shall be well with us in the name of Jesus. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Lord, I give you my life. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every step that I take. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. Sing the song as a prayer. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I speak to God, mother? Can you speak to God in response, young person? Can you speak to God, teenager, adolescent? Can you speak to God? There must be an area God is telling you, that little fox is dimming your light. Leave it. There must be an area God is telling you, the thing I told you last year, last month, Last week, you have not obeyed. Why are you crying unto me? Why the light I showed you, you have not taken the lead. How can I make you shine brighter when you are stuck in disobedience? Can you speak to him? Can you speak to him? As plain and as proper as it comes. Can you speak to God and tell him, Lord... I've taken your word just like another thing. It's just a book. I read it for fun. I enjoy the Bible challenge. But God, I want your word to assume a cleansing, a purifying, an instrument of discernment, an emboldening, a faith builder. I want your word to give me direction, light in my path. And then as I meditate on your word, I shall make my way prosperous and I shall have good success by the foundation of your word. Can somebody do that? Everyone here needs to make their way prosperous. And God says it's not in any star. It's not in another. It's not in knowing your boss. It's not in tending to his interest. It's not in being psychophantic. It's in taking it to the world. Richly allowing it to abide in you. 
I need a life partner. I need a clarity on who is my life partner. I need a job. Lord, in my office, I'm shy. I cannot speak. I cannot be a witness to you. Lord, I have not won any soul this year. Tell the Lord, let your light so shine. Because instrumentality is here. Instrumentality is here. Instrumentality is here. The power of God to break through and make a shine is here in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we all just stand where we are? But before we stand, is there anyone who is here this morning and you have not yet surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? As this message was going on, the Spirit of God told you clearly, you are zealous, you desire the things of God, but you are not yet a child of God. You don't have a witness of the spirit that you belong to him and he's saying my son give me your heart don't delay don't go from here without surrendering the message is for you get the light so you can shine and you want to surrender and invite jesus in young or old please raise your hand where you are we'll pray for you we'll pray for you so that you can be in the number and you can so shine it won't reflect any friend you will reflect any object. You will reflect Christ. Boldness will come. People will take notes. You have taken root from Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I'm not having a witness that I'm a child of God here. Please raise your hand where you are. I've been so engrossed in little sins. Little, little sins. That I'm not even sure if I'm still a child of God. Please raise your hand where you are. God bless you. God bless that hand. God bless you. Let's pray together with you. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You died for me on the cross of Calvary. The sins I have committed and my life in the past, the blood you shed on the cross covered them. This morning, I come to you, a sinner. I'm repenting. I'm turning away from my past life. And I'm turning to you. Come into my life. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Give me the power to be a child of God. And let your mercy be seen in me all day long. In Jesus' name. Lord, as many as receive you today, may give power to be your children who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Let there be a change that you bring to every life, spiritual, that manifests in the outward that this daughter belongs to you now in Jesus' name. Write her name in the book of life and give her the peace that passes all understanding. Account of her in the number according to your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus, peace,